Hello everyone and welcome to Saints Radio from a beautiful Tuesday morning where we've got clouds and potential of rain throughout the day. Always a wonderful blessing, at least to me. I know some folks don't really like the rain, but I sure do. I remember watching that movie, uh, Midnight in Paris, the Woody Allen movie, and uh, uh, the lead character at the end said, I think Paris is most beautiful in the rain. And I agree with that. I just like the rain. So, greetings from a rainy Dallas. And we hope that you are all doing well today and that you are enjoying the manifest presence of God. Um, you know, that's a, that's a phrase. You hear that a lot, don't you? The manifest presence of God. She's shaking her head yes. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm drinking my coffee. She's drinking the coffee. You know, I made some coffee today that I bought at Whole Foods. It's called French Kick. Have you had that? It's dark and it's strong. Uh, I've never, Luke has never kicked me, but I, I'm assuming that if I have it's a not big. Like a kick in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a body part, so. Only it's one in the King James it. Version. I don't know what those other demon Bible say but in the King James it says that anyway um, what's the difference between you know if you say manifest presence now that's not a scriptural term but that would mean that you could sense the manifestation which in France can also mean protests uh, if you're in a manifestation, I learned this a couple weeks ago. It could mean that you're demonstrating in some way. But if you take a manifest presence, that means that you are tangibly aware of the presence of God. But the presence of God is always with you. So that doesn't mean much. <laughs> Clarify. Clarify for me, Mary. No, you, know, you know it better than me. Some people, you know, some people describe the Holy Spirit as the manifestation of the presence of God on the earth. And and I don't I mean I I accept that. I, I he sent the comforter to be with us to um you know to all the things that that he does as we're here upon this earth. But I think that you know, I, th- I guess I hearken back to when the glory filled the temple and his presence filled the temple and it was so much so that the priest couldn't stand and whatever else was going on. That had to be the manifest presence of God. But then I also know there were times when Jesus has entered our sanctuary and whether or not you saw him or not, he was there. And that, to me, is the manifest presence of God. And this is really what I was talking to the congregation about Sunday morning is I feel so strongly that we're entering into a season where the manifestation of the Spirit, however however God chooses to do that in our midst, is something that, that we need to be awakened to and become more aware of. Because I feel like there's a tangible manifestation of his moving and his power and his glory and his presence I don't know how else to describe it I feel like we're stepping into that but you know just like who was it that said oh that God was here and I knew it not Jacob Jacob we don't want to be as that we want to we want our spirits to be so sensitive to his presence and to the moving of his spirit that I don't want to miss that. And so I think it was really more an exhortation for us to just to let our, I don't know, just to let our spiritual senses be awakened 
but also remember that that realm is more real than this tangible realm and so I just almost feel like it's going to be so tangible that we're going to be able to almost touch it or taste it or smell it or see it or feel it you know whatever and that that really excites me in fact I actually just had that happen (laughs) during my prayer time a few minutes ago where I you know it's just I was in prayer and I was just committing my intercession to whatever the Lord wanted to do through me but I've been dealing with some some hard things and been a little bit in a place of mourning and I just asked the Lord to turn my mourning into intercession and it's like when my heart spoke that to him almost instantaneously I felt my mourning turn to intercession and it was only by his spirit I mean it's like I'm realizing that there's so many things that really are only by his spirit that we are able to to overcome and to step into and to actually fulfill so um, it's like the manifest presence of his spirit just filled my heart and filled my spirit and I recognized it and I and then I partnered with it and he used me and and he even showed me what what it was for and had to do with setting the captives free and it's like you know so here I'm going off I'm preaching do it so often it's like we we look at the things that we experience and that we you know the trials and the afflictions and the deep pains and the things that we deal with you know we become so internalized and so inward because the pain is real but what we don't realize is that we were created for so much more and that the creation that he made through us is to pour out on his behalf and so no matter what you're going through I promise you there is a greater purpose in it than just you overcoming (coughs) even though the overcoming has to be for you to step into the authority in the spirit to be able to partner with him in it and so you know if I felt like I was captive in my heart and my pain or whatever I was dealing with I had to overcome that and he had to you know and he he did that through me so that I could release it in intercession on behalf of setting the captives free now this just happened 20 minutes ago so I'm this is all kind of raw data but I'm just sharing about his manifest presence but I mean I I I was dwelling in his presence and it was beautiful and I enjoyed his presence but when that spirit it's just like something kicked in and it was on behalf of me fulfilling a purpose in intercession so I don't know if I answered your question but well I think that that does in, a, in an application way because if we know that God is always with us and as David said where can we run from your presence you know no matter where I go you're there that means that even when we don't feel him he's there so how do you search for God and find that it may, it may not be bells and whistles and fireworks, but what you just testified is that you asked the Lord to take something that you were dealing with and utilize that influence for intercession. Did, did I say that correctly? Yeah, yeah. So is that is that one of the means by which we find him? Is it is it somewhat of an overcoming, um, some measure of overcoming where you here's this sensing of an obstacle, and so you you surrender that that means by which you would encounter that obstacle to the Lord. I don't know. I'm just muddying it up here no I think that's I think with everything that we walk through on this earth I mean if and you quoted this in your mess in your last few messages I mean he turns all things to good and and we believe that we quote that but that is that is real it's like he wants to use all things that 
we encounter on this earth for his goodness, for his glory, for his tobe, for his purpose. And I think that we have to, this is walking in the spirit. This is just, I mean, this is the awareness that I was talking about. It's like we have to recognize that we were created for him. We belong to him. So everything he allows us to endure, we do have to surrender that and ask him to help us. And it is a matter of Holy Spirit help. <laughs> help us to be able to use that for his purpose because we want all those things. We want everything that we process to be used for his good. And we know as intercessors, it is by the Spirit. It's through the Spirit. So often, I mean, it could be through me testifying. I may be speaking to somebody that's going through something and and they need to hear this. But I know as an intercessor who prays in the spirit that that's my outlet. I mean, when I feel those rivers of living water flowing out of me in a moment like that, that I know that only he could have done that. So whatever you're going through, good or bad, easy or hard, joy or pain, I mean, it's, it is unto him or it should be. Because that's, uh, we just belong to him. So. So you have passages that are well known by all of us that we, we quote and we've taught on. For instance, we don't know how to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Yeah. But that comes from that feeling of not knowing what to pray. Or, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, the asthenias, where we say, okay, we're here, but it's not functioning. Or, when we, I don't know exactly how it's said here, but isn't there something that says, when we are weak, he is strong? Yeah, is Paul that dunamis? I mean, is that dunamis? Because if that's dunamis, you know, in my weakness, his dunamis can flow through that. If I just, and I don't know that it's dunamis, I need to go and look. But um, I'm pretty sure it is, but <laughs> I don't have my my phone either, my Bible program. I, I know. I, I, I've just, I, I guess I've just really been experiencing this a lot lately, that his word... He is the Word. I mean, the Bible says that. He was the Word. He is the Word. And He became flesh. And I have felt just repeatedly over the last couple of weeks His Word becoming flesh in me. And, and so many of these passages that I have so quickly and... I mean, we quote them in... We quote them because we believe them. But I have felt them become flesh in me and become so real and that is by the spirit I mean that because honestly I can't you know I know when a word has come alive you know when you're reading and it just lights up and it just becomes alive but it has been like it has become become so much part of my flesh where I know that I'm living it and it's just crazy it's 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 so amazingly crazy (laughs) but yeah yeah, and, and you know that he is the living word, as you so rightfully quoted, and um, he's the he's the the author, the finisher, um, and it it makes you it makes you aware of how it's kind of like that last passage that uh, in Revelation where it says. You know, anybody who adds to or takes away from the prophecy of this book, um, I I think that part of why the enemy has come against the scriptures and has tried to make other voices equal to the scriptures and has tried to bring disparaging views toward the authenticity of the scriptures has basically been 
because he doesn't want us to know what you just mentioned. It's an affront to Jesus. And it's an affront to how he relates to us regarding his his presence in the word and um, and I and I know you know I don't want to go down this trail but I understand the arguments I understand that the canon of scripture was delivered to us and there was debate as to what should be and what shouldn't be in it but I also believe that God guided that and I, I believe that we have received what God wanted us to have and um, I believe there were hundreds of years where that was at the behest of God and he knew if there was something else that should have been added he could have put it in there Yeah. and um, so I know that some of our more academically minded protesters would bring that up you know but I believe that God brought us what he knows we need. And he's certainly not going to bring something that is contradictory to what's in those books that we have. Because, you know, when I look at some of the things that are stated in these alternative words usually there's something that throws a wrench into what the Bible that we cherish has said. And God's not the author of... He's not an author that brings confusion. So, um, anyway. So the manifest presence of God, uh, to me, also involves His timing. Because there, there are lots of there are lots of times where we've all been in intercession and we've been waiting on the Lord, and it's it's waiting and searching for a reason. Um, so, well, you just enunciated a very powerful key. Um, it was also in a time frame that God had ordained to open that to you. And like Jacob, you referenced him, that was a divine moment, but Jacob recognized afterwards that he missed the moment. So you could have very easily said, well, you know, I I don't I don't want to submit this to the Lord. I don't want to exchange this because there's a lot of folks that wouldn't do that. And you could have missed the moment. And so, but then again, if you'd done this yesterday, I don't know, but it probably wouldn't have worked because it wasn't God's timing. But the, the thing about it is, is that I didn't, I don't feel like I really did anything other than just step in and and I mean, I felt like he—I felt like he wanted me to be up in the chambers, and I, I, I just—I stepped in. I—I I don't know. I wasn't really even thinking about anything, but there, you know, there's waves of emotions that come, and I don't know. I think it's just a continual like. First of all, for us as intercessors, is I think or whatever you know God's called you to to function in is to be effective I don't want to wallow in ineffective you know I, I just I don't want that I want to be effective for him and I also want to continuously recognize that I belong to him I mean everything about me and and so and I do fully believe that everything that we endure on this earth he intends to to use it for his glory but it that requires our partnership it's like when you know if something tragic happens to you in the midst of that in the midst of the pain are you able to praise the lord are you able to rejoice in him and who he is because he's still worthy of that 
And I think there's just there's keys for us that we have to remember that in t- in hard times, he's still worthy. He's he is still worthy no matter what we, no matter how hard it can be. And and he's still good and and his the business at his throne still continues but I also know that there's so much grace there and I don't know I I realized how many things I've walked through in my past in my life that I didn't do right <laughs> you know because I didn't I really didn't know how to surrender or even how to process but you know, when you start playing for the will of God in somebody's life or you're in your own life, you got to pray for that will no matter what it looks like. And and that's kind of a hard thing sometimes. And and he's even rebuked me before, you know, praying for something that I really wanted to see happen in somebody's life. And and he gently rebuked me and said, are you asking me if that's my will for them? Are you, because I'm in that. And that's, that's kind of an awakening. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in their pain. I'm in their struggle. I'm in that. And you watch how I will manifest myself through it if they will only, you know, maybe you just need to pray that they'll surrender it. But I don't know. I certainly didn't intend for us to go down this path. Well, when has the, this broadcast ever not been <laughs> part of that kind of uh, uh, what's God saying now moment? Yeah. I read a passage this morning that I was going to share. Well, while she is looking that up... Um, Maybe this uh, word is addressing something for somebody who's listening. And perhaps it's, you know, that old prophetic maxim that if God's speaking a word here, the fact that you're hearing it at this moment is an invitation for you also to apply or to receive. So whatever it is that you're facing if you uh, maybe you need to call out to the Lord in a similar manner and surrender that thing to him and in, in exchange receive uh, the impulse of the spirit to to pray and find that breakthrough did you find the verse yeah it's in Colossians and it's, it's Colossians, I'm going to begin with verse 19, and he's talking about Jesus, this is Paul, and he said, For it pleased the Father, then in him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell. I love that. <laughs> and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So he you know, he holds the fullness of all and his heart. I mean, he's made a way to reconcile all things back to him, all things. And then it says, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind, which I'm telling you, I mean, some of the things the enemy brings can become like an enemy in your mind that you can entertain. Like a lot of people can get locked up in their challenge and it becomes an idol and they're not they don't want to move forward because it becomes part of their identity but that's a whole nother topic and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if ye continue and i love this part because it says if you continue in the faith you know that if it's like we have to continue in the faith mm-hmm. grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature under the heaven whereof I Paul have made a minister I just found a lot of peace in that because 
he's in the midst of all of it and 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 in you know he's he's he he's carried it all to the cross for us and so through whatever we experience on heaven or in the earth it is to be reconciled back to him and i just i don't know i just find a lot of freedom in that so amen that's a good scripture i like colossians i do colossians to the colossi colossi Mm. (coughs) excuse me well um again if if this is um if the spirit is directing you and you say this this really was a word for me act on it and um, let the Lord use it for a measure of breakthrough in your life you know I think sometimes we miss the we miss the the smooth stone that fells the giant because we think oh we've got to have an army or we've got to have armor or we've got to have you know a, a big spear to, to, to throw uh, and um, in the absence of that God is wanting to to bring freedom in it in a very simple way you think about so many of the prophetic Acts that God did in in the Scripture to provide for people, and one by one by one, they're they're simple things, simple actions that bring the provision, that bring the the deliverance, that bring the victory, and you know, I. I I know how a lot of people think because they're they're waiting for the big bang and God's in the still small voice and they run from home run hitter to home run hitter trying to find some point of freedom or deliverance and the answer is right in front of them if they just seek the Lord you know how many examples of that are in scripture God perhaps has handed you a solution today people really want solution the challenge is that so many times they think that solution is something much bigger than what God really is bringing you know, and I, I too, I, I, I think that. I mean, I, I've realized and come to a place where I recognize that, and I've already said this once. He was the only. Sol- I mean, it, it, it was only. He could. I could not. I could not overcome myself. I couldn't think it through. I couldn't process it through. I couldn't read enough scriptures. I couldn't get hands laid on me enough. You know, there is nothing that I could have done or could can do in this place in my life to overcome. It is, I knew that I knew that I knew that it was only by his spirit. And and to me, that's like the place of, the desperate place of needing a miracle. It's like you don't want to be in that place. But like you said, it's so simple. It's like we can we can process it through and I think you know I'm 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 just processing and I, and I think that's vital to our walk. But we better make sure that we're processing in the spirit before the Lord with the Lord. Um because otherwise what happens is we shove it down and it's going to come back up. But when he when we invite him in and we recognize that only his touch is the remedy. That's the only remedy 
that will heal me or that will restore me or whatever it is you're crying out for to me that's wherein I know that I know that I know that I know that he will be glorified through it and and that that's really something that I've had to learn and it's really so simple because to be full it's like that passage just said it's all in him through him through the blood on the cross through what he has done for us and we can will it and we do I mean that's a big part of it but one of the things that I've learned is the heart or I guess our the way he made us there's you know there's multiple facets to it and you know you've got your emotions you got your will and you know the functioning of your mind and all those things have to be surrendered and submitted to the spirit because one will override the other I don't know I'm going down a path I probably shouldn't be going no, that's, that's true <laughs> it's just the way he made us but I think that we're you know it's so easy to be a little bit out of balance and let your mind run with it and override and and I promise you eventually if the spirit has not touched that it's going to revisit itself and I think that's how we continue on the cycle of some of the things and our iniquities that we deal with but well yeah and that's that's one of the facets to when David said you know there are not just David but there are a lot of passages that ask God to search the heart Mm -hmm. and to try the reins and to exactly which another way it's another way of saying the reins were the ancient wheel and if if we if our heart does not condemn us then we have confidence in God and with the heart man believes out of the abundance of the heart the mouth makes the proclamation that God would want and like you said, I mean, if if things get out of whack there, then the whole thing's messed up. And and you're looking for somebody else, not not you. I'm speaking just taken to the crowd. You're looking for somebody else to come in and fix it, but you can't reach into somebody else's heart Mm-mm. and correct their their what's a good word any measure of malfeasance that's happening in there no matter how hard you try which in a lot of cases i mean it's valid i mean i I, god gave us our emotions for a reason and i've i mean i've always preached that that my passion got me to him i mean it drove me to him to to where i i wanted nothing else and I don't ever want my passion to be quenched, but at the same time, I don't, I also know the power of emotion that can literally drown you. And so that's why he made us the way he made us. And that's why all of that has to be submitted to the spirit to let him have his way. And like you just said, that prayer of David is so vital. You know, and other people are completely linear, linear in their mind, and they they process things through, and they don't they don't allow themselves to feel. So, it's just interesting the way we're all made. But God wants to use all of it, every little part. Yeah, you know, it it kind of goes back to when people come into since we're the Saints Network, people come into this ministry of the Saints and they feel something or they something something motivates them and we've said before on so many occasions that when the anointing comes it awakens things and it awakens iniquities it awakens passions and purpose but it also awakens areas where those have not been disciplined or or um, or are twisted. And so we've seen over the years people that come in and immediately they say, oh, this is great, you know, I feel. But then as time goes by, those areas that were not immediately beginning to be 
submitted to God, sometimes they rise up and suddenly the initial burst of the presence of the Lord and the way it captivated them and made all of those iniquities submit themselves because it was a new thing, suddenly now that's not so new and it's not compelling them the way it was. So here they are with awakened purpose and God calling them to come to him and but those iniquities are rising up. And just like you said earlier in a very positive way, you have to come to the point where whatever it is that you're dealing with, you submit that to God and we you use that that wind in your sail to propel you forward rather than to topple the boat over. Exactly. And so it's 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 an ongoing principle that really is something that and and so we deal with people like when we'd go to whatever nation we'd go to and they'd come to our meetings Mr. Conference or Miss Bag of Paraphernalia and they they just want to hear about angels and they want to have hands laid on them and they want to feel this and they want to see that and we would say yes this is God they're sensing it their giftings are coming alive but now you have a responsibility You've got to submit to God. You've got to be, you've got to learn how to use those things. And boy, that's that's the kicker to the prophetic, to, to learn the power of martyria, to learn how to submit those things. And that that begins at the very initiation of the things of the Spirit. And it carries on through because you have to keep on dying. Paul died daily, even after how many times he was beaten, even how many times he was left for dead, even how many ways he submit, surrendered all of his education and all of his training and all of his identity, yet he still had to die because there's, there's an element of that infinitesimally before God. If, the, if Jesus, if the testimony of Jesus is how prophecy works, that thing that you described today and the power of it is really the key. But so many people along the way, even in the initial parts, they don't, they're not willing to do it. And I don't know why that is. I mean... Well, I, no, I don't mean that. I, I, there's, a, there's the essence of this through eternity. How are you still going to be dying in eternity when you have eternal life? And that's all you have. You don't have a physical body. Well, it's, it's this essence. And, you're and, you know, it's like I wish I could just, like, package it. <laughs> I wish I could, like, put it in a bottle and, and, and package it. Kind of like your kick-ass coffee. Because being in that place, it, it, it drives me to hunger. I mean, it's just like, it's the most insatiable. It has to be what, what he said when he said, you know, when you, once you've tasted and seen. It's like there's something so insatiable about his presence and about being in that place. I mean, to me, that is just being one with him and all the other stuff, all the bells and whistles, all the, you know, all the hoopla that goes on with ministry, none of that compares to that secret place, to being in that place where you're just fully surrendered to, for him to use you in every, in every part of who you are because knowing that that you belong to him and that you are one Mm -hmm. and so you say you know why why do people not accept that well i guess the message is not that compelling when you say you have to die but (laughs) it's really the most compelling thing there is yeah and it's the key to life unless a seed falls in the ground and dies exactly it has no life and you can't have life 
there is no fruit without it. So I don't know, maybe the Lord will put an anointing on the message to be able to, because I mean, we're never going to paint it any other way than the way the Spirit releases it. But that's why I said I just wish that I could, and I know how many times you've probably wished that you could lay hands on my head and say, stop thinking this or, you know, whatever. But, and I guess I think too, the testimony part is vital too, because we are all called to walk in that testimony and to be the demonstration of that and and how we how we walk that out I mean do you recognize that your countenance matters and I'm speaking to myself and in the way that I depict it I mean if I walked around like sadness in that movie mom and dad just think I'm a failure you know I mean <laughs> nobody's gonna want any part of that but I just think that there's I don't know pastor I just know that he's teaching us and I know that there's something on the horizon that is gonna almost like a glow that comes through just being the witness just being the testimony that it's like the light that draws all men and if there's a lighthouse on this temple then I just am praying that that light would shine bright because that's what draws men in and so it's 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 yeah you know that that measure of prophetic import covet to prophesy is it even affects the way you minister in power and you know you're talking about this and I I had a very unusual dream last night it was very vivid and I I was in a I, I came into this auditorium it wasn't lavish it wasn't like Radio City Music Hall but it was it was a big place it was very bright and when I walked in the moderator said thank you for being here we're about to go on the air we want to know about how to be as Christ and so I went up on the stage and sat down and there were other people sitting up there but I saw myself which was really weird and I was just I had a glow about me but I was not it was almost like I was a mannequin and that was so strange to me it was like I was a mannequin and as the thing went on, um, this guy was talking, he was moderating, and there were lots of different things that were going on in the room that God was doing. And, um, and I recognized that one of them was acceptance of the message and wanted to come alongside. Another one was a person, a big man who had a lot of power and influence but he was being broken by the spirit back in the left corner there was a person that was some kind of desperate need in their body and they were about to die and God was setting them free and then a guy in the in the right hand far corner who had come in to disrupt the meeting and he was really there to disprove whatever it was that we were communicating and then I woke up it was like 4.30 in the morning and I thought I want to go back into that dream I don't want to wake up yet I, I don't want to wake up I want to see what else happens but after I prayed for a couple of hours I didn't go back to sleep I didn't go back to dream but what you're talking about today what you just said which is the reason I said it you've got to be you've got to be dead no matter what kind of reaction you're getting. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is really moved and they want to receive, you you've got to be you gotta be caring, but you gotta be dead. If there's a 
God breaking a, a, a very strong influence. He was like a hitman with money. And the Lord, I remember, I'm remembering the dream now. The Lord, I was saying things to him about things that he had been doing in business and, and the reason people looked to him because he could, he had clout, not only physically, but in a lot of other ways. And God, this guy was just standing there weeping. I can't be moved by that. And if back there where God was healing somebody and really raising them from the throes of death, I can't be moved by that. And if somebody comes in and they're a jackass and they're they're setting us up trying to trying to ridicule what we are, I can't be moved by that. And I'm remembering now, you know, because if you have somebody that's wanting to come alongside, somebody that God is freeing who can be a great influence in the kingdom somebody that's being healed it can be a great testimony and god knows what they can do through them or somebody in the back that is just a ridiculer you can't be moved by that and we could easily be moved by every one of those things and come out of his glory mm-hmm. and, and i think that's another element of dying to self God help us as we're talking about manifesting his presence. Mm-hmm. As we're talking, you prophetically release something we're believing for here in the house for this week, that this esteme would come alive into the next dimension that God wants it to be, which has been prophesied. Will we be able to stay in that place that you just described when all the bells and whistles are happening? Now, we've had experiences like that where you go into a meeting that you're responsible for and it's just like you're there, everybody's in the throne room and you can lose your focus. Anyway, I'm rambling. You've moved up to the mic so I know that the No, Lord no, I'm, I'm just, I'm processing. I think that I think this year is going to be significant, and I think I know we're we're entering into this year of the saints and the holiness, and I think that that process, and I'm using this word too much, but just that whole process of of being made holy and sanctification, I think it's going to be probably more vital than or as vital as the initial stages as we move then into this place of his glory and I think finding that place before him and it, it has a lot to do with that passage in Colossians about he 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 is a minister of reconciliation and to for him by what he has done to reconcile all things to himself that we not be moved that we be that he makes us holy and immovable i think that there's a key there and i think that that's almost the season that we've stepped into um but you know we got to deal with our stuff we no let me rephrase that we have to acknowledge and allow him to help us deal with our stuff because um like you said i mean i don't want anything in me any offense, any anything in me that would throw me off in that moment, and and you know, like I said five minutes ago, there is nothing that compares with that place. And and I have to believe that that's where Paul was when he wrote a lot of this stuff in that place, whether he was being beaten or in prison or whatever. I mean, he was able to just abide in that place and it's it's like it's yeah it's like when he said i know how to abound and i know how to be abased none of these things move me exactly and that's so much of a key um how many times like in in travel <clears throat> we could give dozens of illustrations of this um but i remember when we were with our brother Michelle Barbez and someone was it I forget who it was it's in it's not 
someone arranged for us to go up to Courtrai and minister with uh, at that church that had all those translators and and we didn't know anything about the place but Barbez dropped us there and left he didn't arrange the meeting but he left but I remember and you do too the wickedness oh I felt like I walked into I mean, it was horrible, <laughs> and it was pulling on every string of emotion, and it it was really awful. And you know, I remember walking around outside the church, and we didn't really know what we were doing. Pastor, at one point, I told you I'm going for a walk. I've got to get away, and I walked and I laid on a park bench <laughs> for like thirty or forty-five minutes. I just laid on the park bench and looked up and prayed in the spirit, thinking, I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah. But it ended up being a, just a really powerful... It was... I mean, honestly, that was the time where your translator, who was the pastor of this church, she was translating you, and you were speaking on Proscuneo. And I literally... And you, you guys don't read too much into this, but it literally, in the spirit, looked like that you were both, like, levitating. And that's not a good word, but you know what I'm saying? It's like your feet were not even on the ground. I remember she it was remember crazy. She was, she was jumping up and down too and and I thought, okay, first of all, this is the pastor, so but what I'm saying is that was really a a, a dynamic meeting, and there were people there whose well they I can't remember how many languages they were translating into. I think if I remember right, twenty. And they had these booths where all these people were translating. And, but when we got there, it was hell. And the, the saving grace was that we didn't run away. Of course, we didn't have any we way couldn't. to go. We didn't. We didn't have, have a car. Have to go. That was a blessing. <laughs> and, um, but that measure of, I'm not saying you still wouldn't be aware of what the enemy was doing there in that city because that was up by the border of the Netherlands and the Netherlands is a beautiful country but it's really known for debauchery you know if we know this this is no surprise but if if you're in England and somebody says you went over to the Netherlands immediately they think you've gone over there it's like the Las Vegas of filth where everything is legal and it's out and about. We've never gone into that country, whatever, but we were on the border of it. And I felt like we were, it was a strategic thing. But anyway, um, I guess the point is, is that this measure of dying to self prophetically is a key, very much a key to where no matter what God is doing, you can rejoice, you can be thankful, you can sense the way God is setting people free, and that's exhilarating, but you've got to learn to be dead to all of it, um, because it's a key to ministering in the power of the Lord. And, and that would explain some of the things we've said about the, the gospel narrative of who Jesus touched and who by virtue of the directing of the Father he didn't touch and um, you can't be led by your thinking you can't be led by your opinion you can't be led by anything other than the righteous vision of the Lord and um, so that is, but, but that essence is a key to breaking through, which is how we began this. You testified that you were facing something that seemed insurmountable. And at the behest of the Lord, you ask him to take that thing and turn it to intercession, which is really dying to whatever it was that was manifesting in you. But that's what brought the breakthrough. I mean, that the, the intercession was the breakthrough. 
So let's take that to the illustration in Courtrai, which I know we did, you prayed on the bench, and then we did go into the sanctuary, and we were praying there immediately before the service, because mm-hmm. we knew we had well, to. We were there like four hours before the yeah, service. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> why we went we that soon. We had plenty of time to pray. I don't know why we went that soon. But anyway, it was obviously ordained to the Lord. So with that as an illustration, you take that same principle. We did intercede. Which is the benefit of diverse? One of the benefits of diversities of tongues, because it's not your mind praying; it's the spirit of the Lord within you. But it would have been really helpful to be able to say to the Lord, "Let's take this thing, and Father, you turn this influence." Which I think I know He did. Oh, absolutely! But it was the Word. Mm-hmm. It was the message that we were supposed to deliver mm-hmm. that really was there. Oh, gosh, and I remember you're up there preaching, and I looked to my right. I was sitting with Katie, and I looked to my I was on the second row. We were sitting on the second row, and I looked to my right, and there was a seat between me and this this guy, young guy, maybe 18, 19 years old, who was wrapped in a blanket who looked like white, pale, white, blue lips, sick. And when I inquired, they told me that he had some horrible, horrible stomach virus that he'd been vomiting up until the service (laughs) incessantly. And here I'm sitting like right next to him. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, heal him and please spare us because there's nothing worse than getting a stomach virus on a ministry trip. trip. Thankfully, that's only happened to me once in New Zealand, but... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It just had all kinds of fun. Well, the funny funny end of that story was that we didn't know how we were going to get back to where we were staying. So the pastor of the church, they had school buses that they would go around and pick people up. So she drives us back. Like a literal school bus. In a school bus. Like, yeah. And it was, so, I thought, this is one of the most bizarre experiences all the way around. And it's funny now. Well, you know the crazy thing about it? Here's something even more crazy. I was coming home from California and had this ridiculous thing happen well it was the the it was the the february before the lockdown and i had just been in california visiting noah and my flight kept getting delayed and delayed and i think i told you they were flying me out of the international airport Mm -hmm. and everybody had on masks and i remember texting you saying this is so strange everybody in this terminal has on masks and you joked about how i needed a bandana Uh I couldn't figure out what was going on. My plane was delayed like 10 hours. They kept changing our gate. Finally, we ended up flying out at like 1 a.m. out of the international terminal that was at the very end of the whole terminal next to the gate that was flying in from China. And I'm there with all these people that have these tickets for this flight and everybody, it's just people are crying, they're angry, there's, it's just, it was just, it was not a good scene. Then all these people, this flight comes in from, from, from China and all these people from China rush on and then people start talking about COVID and, and that was really my first that I'd heard about COVID. Then everything got locked down during that March, but I got to the airport, and when I got to the airport, of course, it's like four in the morning, our baggage was delayed. So I'm sitting in the baggage claim, and I'm, I hadn't slept, I'm so tired, and I'm sitting, and I had noticed this couple that had been through the whole process with me, got on the plane, and, they, and they, it, was a, it was a really nice looking um, couple, had this little toddler and I just kept thinking this baby has been amazing through this whole thing and I was just noticing how these people were just walking in this peace and so we're sitting there and I and the woman comes and sits down with me with the baby and her husband is like pacing back and forth waiting for the luggage carrier to to start and she's he comes walking over and she's like why don't you go ask so he goes and asks and he comes back and he gives us a report well in the meantime she and I started talking well long story short He's a pastor at CFNI, and either her or him 
was the daughter, I think it was her, she was the daughter or he was the son of that pastor. And so we started talking about ministry and I said, they, they had just been over there and I said something about, um, oh, well, I actually went to a church and blah, 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 and I was describing the church and it was a woman pastor and I almost, I'm, I'm almost positive that it was her that said, that's my mom. Wow. It was crazy. And so we just went, I told her about our experience and we talked about her and about all the translation and about how she made us dinner and drove us back on the school bus and she's just laughing and she said, yeah, that's my mom. That is amazing. Isn't that crazy? I remember you telling me yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, it's kind of, I know we're over time, but that's okay. Oh. Um, since we were there, you know, Katie does all these ancestral studies, you know, and apparently Courtrai, where that city was, was the was the was the center base of Spain when Spain controlled all of that part of the world, and that was that was the capital, Courtrai, and. Um, you know, Barbez takes us through the uh, the city in a tournée, and there's that woman, the statue where they the Spanish killed all those people, murder all those people, and and martyred that woman there. Well, the base of it all was Courtrai, and and the reason Katie found out was that one of our distant relatives was a woman who was Spanish, and she lived in Courtrai. Oh wow! Which is really weird. Now, There's a reason why God sent us there. Yes. Totally. And, you know, it's one of those things, though, that you wonder, why have we not been back there? It, it was obviously the Lord sent us there to do a work, and we did it, and we were out. It kind of reminds me, too, of going into Ghana. And I've told you about how wonderfully... Those, pe- those folks responded and all the contacts, these businessmen that were trained in London and they were just exuberant about our message and even we were delayed, Paul and I and we had to stay there a couple of extra days because one of the engines on the British air flight they had to fly a new one in from London we've never been back mm. And of all the nations we've been in in Uganda, with, uh, in Uganda and all the other places we've been, I've never seen the reception of the message like in Ghana. And I wonder about that. I, I don't know. Maybe we need to pray about it. I'm not saying God opened the door again. But it was one of those things, I think, where we, we and the saints, and we, there are many of those types of places, where we had tremendous visitation of the Spirit. God did something, and it was almost like, okay, that's it. Yeah. So it's kind of dying. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I think with Portray, I think it was a big part of our assignment was just leaving that footprint of intercession. Yeah. And... I mean, we were there. That was an assignment for us. And I'm just thankful that we didn't run. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe the same with Ghana. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But, um, you know, I mean, I think about Nigeria, and I know that there's fruit there. But I think about just what you've encountered there. And and it's been uh, many years since you've been back there. I mean, we're very thankful for Pastor Falladin, who's who's mobilized intercessors in the way that he has. But... You know, you went in a couple of times. You took a team a couple of times. You left this footprint. And, you know, in a lot of, I think that's going to be that way. I mean, it's like you, and it's it's like just apostolically going and establishing and leaving that put, footprint. But you can't be all things. Well, you got to yeah. release and trust. I was, and even South, South Africa, where... You know, we, we went, and Brother Sparrow was a, a wonderful part of that team, but we've never been back. And that young, those young kids that you met from Cape Town. Oh, I still am in touch with them. <laughs> who keep wanting uh-huh. us to come. But I watched a, a documentary 
on Fox Nation last week, Laura Logan did this thing about Nigeria, did two parts, and what's going on there. And I reached out to Pastor Fallon, and I haven't heard back from him, but I thought we really need to pray because those Islamic terrorists have taken over like 300 cities in the north and murdered Christians, just terrible. And the uh, the president who was there for so many times when I went, good luck Jonathan, who wore that funny hat, well he wasn't reelected. Uh, a Muslim, nothing wrong with Muslim, I'm not criticizing Muslim, but a, a, an Islamic guy was voted in as president. And somehow our current administration sent John Kerry, wonderful man that he is, to meet this president and instead of meeting in the capital city, they went to a city that is the centuries old base of Islam and that's where our government met with this leader and the the essence of that city was that Islam is going to dominate the world and and so we're pretty much backing that and it's spreading south because the south is Christian but the north is Islamic and this Al-Shabaab is just murdering people just killing them those are the people that kidnapped all those girls from the schools and so I reached out to Pastor Fallot and I, I need to reach out again because I haven't heard back from him but I think we we probably need to start having times of prophetic prayer for some of these places that God has caused us to go some of them we have as you said a footprint in but others we've had lots of ministry in and it's God that has not allowed us to go back but we probably need to establish those types of concerted prophetic prayer as the Lord directs. So, anyway, what I've been rambling here. No. Anything I, else you want to say? No, I think we're at the end. We've gone overtime. What time is it? It's overtime. 108. Well, 107.25 to be specific, which I know Annette always is. Oh, well, thank you, Father, for the breakthrough, and thank you for this this great impartation that Monica brought. And again, we release that to every person who is hearing this, including the people that are speaking it. Um, thank you for your goodness to us. And we bless all of the saints and those that are perhaps tuning in and you needed to hear this message, whether you're part of the Saints Network or not. May God use you and take you into the place that He's called you to be in. And so, anyway, thanks for listening. God bless all of you. And we will see you soon, tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live, and, and in any other way that the Lord would allow us to be able to cross paths with you. God bless you and goodbye.